Welcome. You're listening to Sanseet, where you'll find everything to do with spirituality, life lessons, holistic living, and medicine to become your true self. We all have stories, journeys, experiences, and love. Here's your host, Erin O'Dowd. Hello and welcome. On today's show, our guest is Jean Greening. She is married to David McIntyre and I was recommended to interview her. And hello, welcome to the show, Jean. How are you doing today? Oh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. Likewise. How did you get involved in what you do? I uh, I've had deformed feet at birth, and I had a foot operation. I had three, and the third one was just what they call they cut on them. And so when I came out of it, I had no joints, and I couldn't go up and down on my toes. I had come out of a destructive marriage for five months. So I was living in my mother's condo at the beach, and my sister-in-law called up and said, Jane, there's a healer in town. So I went. And within 10 minutes, he had me going up and down on my toes, which is medically impossible. And that's really what threw me on the path. After that, I took lessons and classes and workshops. You know how you do, you just go to anything and everything you get your hands on. But I read a lot of positive books before that, trying to get myself balanced out in life since I was a mess. You know, throughout my life, like when I had a hysterectomy, my sister gave me Ed Casey's book, There is a River, and I think a lot of us started on that in the States, and it was just perfect, and it, it, I didn't live it, but I knew how to live it, and I knew I wanted to live it, but I didn't know how to get there, if you know what I'm saying, and it took me to the healer, heal my feet to get there. Um, what age did you have problems with your feet? That was in, I think it was 1970, I was about 30. 28, 29, something like that. I don't even remember. Come on, I'm 80 years old now, and I have to tell you, those days and ages are hard to remember. So. Um, what was it like at that time discovering holistic therapies? Hard. Very closed. Uh, not many men at all involved. It was very, mostly, mostly women. And, um, you know, we do it. We, it was great because it, what was there was wonderful and top-notch. You know, I learned, I studied with a, a D.O., and he just taught me. And um, I went to his home, and he taught me lots of things. It was wonderful. I went out and started doing it, and it was not so wonderful. <laughs> they didn't like a woman working with the cranial. The chiropractors didn't, and the other D.O.s. I, it's like pioneering. It, it really was. And... But, you know, my intuition protected me at all times. I had one lady come to me one time, and she said, um, this is wonderful. She said, I understand you work on people's backs. And I knew intuitively she'd been sent to set me up. And I said, no, I just do it on my family. And so my intuition really protected me during the whole thing. But I regret now I didn't continue doing everything I learned. I backed off a lot of it because of the threat, someone turning me in. And it was beginning to get to the point where people were being picked up for, you know, practicing life, you know, as a doctor and all that thing. We have a lot of that 
States, unfortunately. You all don't have that. I said, if England can do it, why can't we do it? I had a stroke, and I was in the hospital, and I really gave them a fix. I wouldn't do anything except what they wanted me to do. And I wouldn't sign papers unless the doctor came and told me why. And so when I was getting ready to get through, I was, they were going to release me. A man came, an intern came in with my regular doctor, and he sat on the bed, and he was talking to me. And I looked at the doctor, and he said, Now, Jean, why have you given us so much trouble? And I said, Because I want you to realize how important it is the person in the bed has to be able to explain and know what's going on with them instead of just a bunch of nurses telling them they're going to be go to this and go to that. And he said, well, now answer me this. He said, if you are going to have a client come and they have high blood pressure and on the verge of a stroke, would you call a doctor? And I said, yes, as long as the doctor would let me work with them also. And I said, England does it. The whole world does it except the United States of America. And I said, you see this doctor sitting beside me is Polish. And I said, it was a Polish man that gave me my first lesson in healing. So you cannot say it isn't the right thing to do. So I wasn't too popular, but at least I got said what I said. And he did admit it with grief. He did admit the, the doctors were after grief. You must have found it hard with the fear of being picked up as a, as a holistic therapist. Well, I have. And um, people that have done the skill like I do... I did copy trials before that, and I've done all sorts of things. But my hands on healing are what I love and working with patterns. But yes, I had heard some people have been picked up with the scale. I've heard some people have been picked up with homeopathics, and the FBI or the FDA just walks in and yanks it out. And, you know, so I, I have never had a website. And um, finally, Michael has taught me into it. So. <laughs> I'm getting ready to get one for the first time. David and I are. And that's the first time I've ever had one. And I'm 80, and I've been in the field 50 years. So, you know, anything is helping people. And I just feel like word of mouth has brought me the people I needed to help. So. And, and over that lifespan of, of work, what did you learn? What did I learn? Oh, lots of things. Number one, learning that... You have to be sincere, learning that you don't play false games, uh, learning that the main thing is to stay in your spirituality and just know that spirit's going to take care of you. They, they, they really are my best friends. I wouldn't be here if I had no my spirits with me because I've lost two children and I, you know, I've said a lot of things happen. But, you know, I also learned that one day, you know how you get that pity pat thing? Yeah. I did learn that when I really looked at it, that I've experienced every single thing someone has had has come to me except every sexual abuse, thank God. So I realized that my life has had a reason for it and that that was the reason. You can't really help people unless you can relate to it and you've been a part of it. And not only that, but you teach people there's more than one way to do things. Which I grew up thinking there was only one way, which I learned very hard. <laughs> and it's not. There's a lot of ways. <laughs> so, anyway, I, I do feel that if we'd all realize that, you know, our life is so much more than just going to the grocery store and doing stuff like that. What I don't do anymore at 80 years old, 
is I don't get involved with anyone that I do not feel comfortable. And it's not judging, it's just I feel like everybody's compatible with somebody. And you stay with the people you're compatible with. And there's a reason you're not compatible, yes, but I don't think it's always okay. I just think they're, they belong with another person or another group. That's my biggie right now. <laughs> How did you meet Davis? I met him eight years ago. Uh, I, and we got married a year ago. So I was 79 when we got married. He, we dated for eight years. So I just, you know, he didn't and I didn't. You know, just there was so much attraction there. And yet we both realized that we really needed to work through everything that had caused problems in other relationships. And we didn't want that. And I'm so glad it worked that way because it's much happier. It's nice to find someone who you're compatible with and you, you know, we just have fun together. And um, the work we do together is really growing. And that's what I love um, because my life is to help people and nothing's gonna stop that, nothing. I, I can't hear that purpose and nothing will disturb it. And David can hear that. And so we're just both putting it together and what I do complements what he does and what he does compliments me. And so this way we're able to really solve a lot of our problems than we thought we could before. And, and not only that, but it's also we're seeing people get better. And that's what counts. With David, he talks about the, the Rife technology. What's your involvement with them? My system is called a SCIO. And what it is, is it's bioenergetic. And it reads the energy field of the person. So in other words, I'm reading you a certain, say you're a certain body. And, and so consequently, I can stop things from coming in, and that's what I love so much about it. Uh, I do know that disease comes in from the outer bodies to the chakras and to the weakest part of our bodies, and so I know that when I can find what's out here in the energy field, then I can block it from coming in to the physical. And I really think that's where so much is being done to do that, because you know, a lot. Of, I can remember when I was just doing hands-on healing, and I didn't have a scale, and I would. All of the same, because I worked a lot in the outer bodies. I love that. I taught it for years. I just love it. I just feel like that's where it all is. But when I was working with people and I would be working in, in clearing their energy field, I would feel something in an area and I said, oh, what has been going on in this area? And they say nothing. And then I realized what I was doing was picking it up on another level where the problem basically was coming from. It was getting ready to enter. And so I learned then how to take it out and that sort of thing. And so then when I got this skio and they tell me it was, you know, by was out in the outer fields, what I was really working with, then I was able to see it even more than what I was before because it now just told me I didn't have to ask the person or I didn't have to pick it up myself. What do you like about the outer body work with working on us? Me working with the outer body? Yeah, what do you like about us? Oh, I love them. Um, well, the thing of it is that that's where all our energy is working from. And, uh, you know, the third body is our energetic body, which is right next to our physical. And it's actually a duplicate of the physical body. If you've got a mole on the physical, you've got a mole on the etheric. And that's where I always said, when I first started healing with the other bodies, I just knew we could manifest organs into the physical body and from the etheric level and 
I realized and found out sooner, not too long after that, that the Kahunas in Hawaii have done it. And I also met a lady in Florida who sold Shackley products that could do it also. So I knew it was possible. And that was the beauty of being able to teach, because then you can teach people that, and hopefully there are a lot more doing it now than there were. But anyway, the etheric body is so, it has the chakras, it has the meridians and everything. And, and what happens is because it's magnetic, then when you get an emotion sitting out there, it's going to go up and it's going to start bringing in that emotion. Fear, anger, hurt. And it's going to come down, it's going to come down to the mental level, which is our, our concrete thought and what we think of every day and then it's going to come down to our emotional level which we're going to give it that feeling which is really where manifestation really has to come from and then we're going to come through the chakras the weakest part of our body and then you're going to have a disease manifest it's like i get upset and uh, i get angry and all of a sudden that anger starts coming down if i don't get rid of it right away which i try to do now but anyway, it can come in and then it's going to hit my base chakra and it's going to go to my feet because that's the weakest part of my body. And that's where disease usually manifests. And so consequently, when I work with people, one of the main things I want to find out is their background and not their physical background. I want their emotional background because once I find a pattern, then I relate it to the disease they've got and then you can get it well. If you can have them work on it, some don't want to let it go, and I can't force that. They have to let it go. A person heals their own self. And what I try to do is guide that to get to that point. I do not give readings. I do not give anything like that because I ask questions. I never want the person to think I'm giving them a psychic reading. I want them to find out themselves what's wrong with them because they're going to heal themselves. All I can do is guide and direct and hope I can help get them to the point the body's ready to do it. Why is chakras the weak part in the body? It isn't the weak, it's just that we manifest through the chakras our energy for the physical body. And it's just that, well, I say someone's been through a lot of emotional stuff, then their solar plexus will be a, uh, probably their weakest. If people have had heart problems or coming in with heart, say hereditary, something with the heart, they had a lot of heart ache in their life or something so that will be the weakest part it just depends on where the person's coming from emotionally from the very beginning of their life and past lives i don't deal a lot with past lives um a lot of people do and i think it's i think sometimes it's very uh, efficient to do it but i just never have because i feel like i feel like i felt when i my mother made me go to something one time which family oriented and I thought I got enough to get through this lifetime without worrying about this <laughs> I better feel like that about it and uh, I do think it's important sometimes but I don't think it's always bioenergy do is it a machine or is it your own uh, intuition reading the clients well it's a it's a program a computer program it's, it's uh, it has artificial intelligence as opposed to and has all this other things what we do in running it, you do have to use your intuition. Uh, you can run it without intuition if you want to. But the main thing is you're finding patterns. I have 55 screens. So needless to say, I can't run that every time somebody's here. 
because they're usually here for two hours anyway, it's this. But what I try to do is I try to find pattern in the different screens. But I take a thorough, thorough intake because I'm going to know what that person's been through through childhood before I even start working. Then I know sort of the patterns of where I need to go and what I need to look for. And that's how it works. Well, you pick up something with one screen. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You pick up something with one screen and then you want to go to another screen to pick up more about it. And then another screen to more about it. And that's how you build on the pattern. Oh, okay. I see. And so if I came into tomorrow with bone cancer or some form of cancer, what would you be your diagnostics to help you um, uh, help me heal through that, that pathology? Well, the first thing I want to know is, is when did it happen? And then I would say, okay, it happened at this age. Tell me something happened in your childhood somewhere. And then I would start on the, on the questions of where, what, why, how. And then I'd find out why you developed the bone cancer. In the meantime, I'm running you on different screens. I'm running you for bone, I'm running you for emotions. If I see there's been a lot of heartache or that this hour, I'll start working on the heart. If I see there's a lot of solar plexus, then I'll know you've been through a lot of, of dealing with a lot of emotional structures through the years. And then there's always the throat, the throat chakra, because if you don't say what you want to say, you don't feel what you want to feel, then you can't express it, then your throat chakra is going to be shut down too. And you're going to have problems there. Thyroid, big time with everybody. So once you have your diagnostics, what's your next uh, step in your procedure? I never tell anybody they have cancer. I'm not a doctor. But what I do is suggest that they, I treat them for it. And then, of course, I send them to David. But I also tell them to work on the antioxidants. And I, I tell them different herbs and vitamins they should take. And then I also do a lot of homeopathics. Uh, I do a lot with homeopathics because I do love them. And I'm getting ready to do fire essences again. I used to do them all the time, but now I'm going back to it because I hit the point of hit 80, you know, what can you do? <laughs> so I'm getting ready to do my fire essences again. I love fire essences because they deal with emotional. And we have to get rid of the emotion before we can heal the other. So you do both at the same time. Once it's, once it's already been diagnosed with bone cancer, you're going to also go in and work on the emotion as well. But you're going to do both at the same time. Whereas if if it, if it say it hasn't been diagnosed and you pick it up, then what I do is I'll start them on the emotion really strong and treat them and send them to David. He does a lot in between because say I ran you today and I picked up bone cancer. I would tell David and David would start working with you on all different the terrain and then he would do the, the three days on and one day off. So we've helped a lot of people with that. And they never even knew they had it. Depends on diagnosis and, you know, and what's going on at that point or not. What is fluorescence? Fluorescence, they take a flower and they intuitively know what the flower is about. Like, I, I've just been studying a whole bunch of them from Alaska, which I'm thinking about getting to. They, I've heard the Alaska essences are really wonderful. Like, they'll go next they'll go sit next to a glacier and they'll have this flower and they'll intuit of knowing what the incident is with it, say anger or, or resentment and then they'll see the healing property to it where they release their anger and they become self-sufficient. They, 
uh, they release self-doubt, they have self-esteem, and so consequently that would be, and then they keep it in the sun for about, I don't know how many days, and then once it, it, they kept it there, certainly the time they do, then they take the fly, that's the home remedy right there, and then they work and make other remedies to sell. There's a wonderful place here in the United States, it's called Paralandra, and she's out of Warrington, which, uh, Virginia, and she, what she did was she uh, talked to David Davis, and they built a garden, and according to what the Davis wanted her to, and then when she saw that, then she made remedies from all the flowers that they told her to plant, and the vegetables and everything, and everything in the garden went together, like they had the fish in what certain fish in one place and certain flowers in one place. And then they would make an essence from it. And then she sold them, of course. They were excellent. I did those for 15 years, you know, and then how you get away from things. <laughs> I mean, you can only do so much when you, in this field, I would do it all if I could. I just love everything about it. It just, when you see things help people, you know they're right. And what is homeopathy? Homeopathic is basically, it's like attracts light. So, in other words, if someone has, say, um, herpes, then you would get a little bit of herpes germ, and you put it in that bottle, and they make it with uh, distilled water, and that's how it's developed. And so, consequently, you give that, and it will kill it. It's wonderful. Because we have uh, David's machine, on the rice machine, he also has a radionics. Now, I know, I'm sure you've heard of radionics in England. They mm-hmm. are foremost in it. And uh, so we would put it on the machine and, and make a duplicate copy of it. And therefore, we could give it to the person. What do you love about making the essences and the homeopathic remedies? I've not really gotten into making them that much, unless I have something that, let's take a, let's take a, a drug addict, okay? And say the drug addict comes to me, and I don't, on anybody, but I do try to help them. I've had I had three addictive children who died because of it, and so I'll have them come to me and, and I'll say, "Now, what are you getting off? And are you getting off?" And then I started helping them get a program designed to get off of them because nobody needs to stay on them. And so, say one has morphine, and so she's trying to get off of it. So you help them reduce a little bit at a time, and then but. They can't go to a detox because then they get in trouble. And so what we can do is almost help them make a remedy so that it can help them get off the drugs. And they do. And I've helped people get off antidepressants and things like that. Just by making up a remedy of, of an antidepressant is making up remedies of joy, courage, and strength, and things like that. So the, the emotion helps the, the remedy work then, right? Oh, exactly. If you want something bad enough, you can conquer it, I feel. If you can't feel that way, you'd never get anything accomplished. In working with, with David, what have you um, observed working with him? Oh, I've learned it's fun to have a partner you can really enjoy working with. I've, I've learned to listen so I can hear him and he listens to hear me. We're both coming from different backgrounds, different strengths, different places. So everybody has a lot to learn about anybody that you're living with. and then. Not only that, but he has a background with martial arts. So I'm learning a lot about martial arts. I'm learning a lot about the Rife machine. I knew a lot about Tesla and all those Rife and Wilhelm Rife and, and, you know, all those people in the past. But 
he has given me another knowledge from a different angle with it, and he's really got a, an inventive mind. So he's always thinking of things that we need that we could make ourselves. And it's just fascinating, you know. I, I don't think there is no day that we go by learning something from each other. And I think that's what life makes life worth living, is when you can learn. Because the more you learn, the more you can help people. And, and I don't, I'm 80 years old. I don't tend to stop till the day I die. And I hope I learned something that day, which I probably will. I've already been on the other side, so I can't say I have to learn that. <laughs> so I love the other side. It's just wonderful. Not until I'm ready. I've been told three times to come back. So. Was it a near-death experience you had, or what What made this happen? Yeah, the first one was a near-death, but I mean, all of them were. The second one I went over, but the third one I went over, my son met me and made me come back. So <laughs> I felt like, well, I guess that's about as, as far as I can get it, so I did. But I have to admit, I didn't want to any time. I mean, it's so beautiful over there. Why would anybody want to come back? <laughs> you know? It's gorgeous over there. It's just wonderful. It's just peace. Total peace, total love. And I said, all you have to do is think. there. Do you remember what, what the other side looks like? The first time I remember the most, and that was, I went through it. I went through and I, I saw a lot of my relatives and everything, but I saw the light, and I just kept wanting to get toward that light. It's just beautiful. It was so peaceful. I just kept going and going, and so I wanted to be there, and apparently the light knew it and um she said I'm sorry but you have to go back and I said I don't want to go back they I mean he brought I mean spirit God universe brought me back screaming I didn't want to come back and you know it was interesting because later I worked with somebody who had had a near-death experience and she felt guilty because she didn't want to come back and so I had to work with her with that which was really interesting Anyway, it wasn't very long, but it was sure very powerful for me in my life. It teaches us some some lesson, even though we want to go back and live in the the luxury that it provides. Right. Well, PMH is a good friend of mine, so we've had lots of talks. You and PMH at Warhurst, probably some very interesting and academic conversations on this topic. Yeah, we do. It's fun. <laughs> very much fun. And if you had another one tomorrow, would you come back again, or do you think you're you're done? No, I don't think I'm finished. Um, I I took a course that I always wanted. It was called it's a doctor of natural, and uh, I met a man in uh, Hawaii. Well, actually, he was in the states at the time, but I got my QXCI on Skio, and I went to a conference down in uh, Mexico, and I met his name is Dr. Paul Druin. And he was getting ready to start school. And he was a doctor. He was an acupuncturist. He was a homeopathy doctor. He was teaching metaphysics. He was just, and he had done everything. And so what he did when he started his school was he put the whole thing together. It was the most beautiful studies I have ever done in my life. And he deserves to be the most wonderful head of a school and teaching the world because that's really basically was his idea to do it. And his son, Alexi, was, oh, I could not have gotten through it without Alexi. He was so kind and, and helped me through so much. And I just can't say enough about both of them. I mean, they just have created a world for people so that you can learn metaphysics, but you can also learn everything else with it 
in order to be a true healer because that's what a healer should be they should know it all and, and be able to put it all together not just one thing and that what has helped me is that somebody comes to me and I know that they need acupuncture now so I'll say you need to go to an acupuncturist and they will and they'll come back and they'll see how wonderful and how much better they are from it and then we might do a massage therapy or we might do a uh, chiropractor we might do even a medical doctor things like that you're able to put it all together and that's what my whole dream has been I don't know when I'll make it it was like that but my whole dream has been to have a center with all these type of people and be able to every morning have a meeting and sit up and say okay what does this client need now or patient and that's the way I would like to run it and I've just always wanted to do it and I see now through Dr. Paul's eyes how you can do something like that and he was just he has just brought so much to me and, and I guess the word is in finishing up my life for what all I've learned and, and what I've learned from it He's been able to put it all together, and I just can't stand up about He's in Hawaii. Uh, he's Autumn University is the name of his college. When you look at him and look at yourself, do you see yourself uh, as a true healer? Well, I, I see myself. I would love to get the degree, but I don't know. I don't think I'll ever make it. I cannot write a dissertation. You know, when you know your traits, you know your gifts, you know your talents. Writing is not my talent as far as something like that. I can sit down and write, but I cannot sit down and write a dissertation. I wish I could, but I mean, I'm not being negative. It's just a fact. And uh, so I don't know, but I hope someday to go meet him before I die. You mentioned about having a team of, of people around you where you could have meetings. Is that your dream of what you and David want? Yes. And David would also like to see where we would get insurance for the for the metaphysics physical people who work in this field too so it, it's like we'd like to see something set up so that when we have a center not only would you know insurance cover doctors but it would cover everybody else and that i think is a definitely needed thing and I think, I remember in 1977 in the United States, there was an article that came out saying that more people go to alternative therapy people more than they do doctors. And it was a statistic, it was very high. And I imagine if you took that today, you'd see a lot of it too. We're hoping that if we ever do get the center, that we could have that, because I think that's just as important as anything. If you're gonna have insurance, if not, if we could have a healthcare program where everybody would be benefited from it, not just medical people. We have a lot to think about of what we'd like. As America is deciding what the health bill is going, do you think holistic therapies and alternative therapies should be side by side with doctors? Oh, definitely. And a lot of doctors are really quitting now and doing it. Or some of them have left and are doing it. Um, what we're having a lot of too is where the medical doctors are taking not doing insurance anymore but they're having a lot of people come in and put a certain amount of money in every month that the, the patients put in money every month and they come whenever they want to which is a wonderful way to do it which is a wonderful way it's a win-win situation and it's not the insurance company charging five thousand billion dollars for one pill you know, you don't run into that. 
It's like I have friends that can't get a PET scan. They have melanoma, and of course melanoma, they say never heals, it comes back. And the insurance company won't pay for it because she has no symptoms right now. But how do they know whether she has it or not? It could be popped out on her skin. She didn't even know she had it in the beginning. So, you know, it, it seems like that that you'd like to see be reconciled. And um, we'll get there someday. It's going to be that way. In fact, in 1970, all the predictions we heard, I was living in Florida then, and I worked for Transmedia, and she was doing a lot of, you know, tapes and all that on predictions, and everybody was doing predictions then. It was like lighting of the planets in 85, and all this in 2000, and what was coming out of it were all the predictions that are happening right now. So it's been really interesting. I, in fact, I emailed her one day and I said, maybe you ought to go get the tapes you had years ago and start listening to them. You can make a million dollars because it's all the predictions that are happening right now. And it is. I mean, you know, it just, and in the United States, it is coming in full blown. And unfortunately, we have a lot of people who are angry. I mean, so angry, they're getting sick. It's sad to watch. But, it, you know, the first thing I learned in the past was everything is in divine order and everything is just supposed to be the way it is. And and that's, you can't find it. It's the way it's the way the universe is geared up and all the and it, you take all the universal laws, it's all there. And so my prayer right now is that people will just learn to love each other and get along together. You don't see that. It's here in the States it's pitiful. I think it's very sad. And and uh I was at a conference, I was at MC at a conference not too long ago, and I got upset some about it. Because there's nothing but buttons being pushed of people. It's that childhood memory that's being pushed, and that's what's making them mad. And if they learn to get rid of their patterns, then they could be at peace. As a holistic um, practitioner, is insurance quite expensive in America as a, for a practitioner to work? I can work, yes, but I'm, I'm not approved by it. I am biofeedback, I am approved by the FDA. But, you know, there are a lot of machines out here that aren't. I don't know. I, I, I think we're at a, a, a crossroads right now where we're going to see how people are going to act. You know, if you go back and look at the history of the FDA, you look at the history of the AMA, you won't find it quite as honest and straightforward and full of integrity like you think you would. And I think that's a lot of problem right now. I think it's a lot of problem in the United States. And I, you know, where we see it or where we don't see it corrected, it, I do think we're on our way. And God help us, I hope we are. I think in a lot of ways, England and, and all the countries overseas have been much better because they are more open and more acceptable than the United States. It's a shame where we've come from. It's a shame that people allow people to rule on the run anyway I can get off another little subject on that no it's it's just interesting to see the the comparison of a holistic insurance person um comparing to Europe and America you know so it's interesting to hear that right I think we've gotten as far as acupuncturists I know the uh massage therapy and it really I I've taught Reiki for years it's finally one time treated somebody, got paid for it, turned insurance from a wreck. That's only one time in 50 years. The uh, other people, I hear some people, some massage 
There have been some uh, acupuncturists, well, the chiropractors are barely getting in. I mean, there's ballet being recognized. That took years for the United States just to recognize chiropractors. And you still hear comments about it. I mean, you know what my slap saying is? is get a life. <laughs> you get tired of it after a while, you know? I mean, if people would just learn to love each other and get along, and you know something else that's it's really sad is competition. It, it's the, I had someone set up and tell someone, oh, you don't need to go to her, I do everything she does. And she never been to me, she didn't even know what I did. That's not right, that's, that's sick too. Oh. Sorry. Oh. I just, I'm, at 80, I'm tired of it. I, I, I love spirituality and I wish, psychics are not spiritual all the time. It's not the same thing. And I learned this early in my years. Psychism and spirituality can be two different things. Or it can be one thing. It depends on the individual. As someone who's at the latter stage of their life and has spent nearly 50 years in the spiritual and holistic fields, when you hear the big topics like uh, outer body, consciousness, um, what's your opinion on it? I think it's wonderful. I was very fortunate in years ago going to the Monroe Institute and Bob Monroe was the man that developed this to basically in the beginning he was a really top electronic engineer. So he dealt a lot with sound and music and things like that and he opened up this place and he went and learned how to go out of body. He wrote a book, It's Out of Body by Bob Monroe and he wrote a book about it and he was so and so, you learn how to go out and everything that happens when you're out in spirit. So anyway, he started teaching him. His, actually, his first people were the CIA. Wow. He was teaching CIA people to go out of body and remote viewing and things like that. And so that sort of calmed down after a while. So he started teaching people. And so we would go to the end. You'd go for a week. And they even took your, your clock away. away. You watch. So you never knew what time it was. And you think it's probably 10 o'clock at night, it'd be 2 o'clock in the morning, you know, and things like that. But it was one of it was a whole week, and you, and you worked on certain things emotionally that uh, you wanted to work with. And um, so I never forget the first time I went, I went for a week. What you do is you go to your bed, and they have speakers on that you put headphones on, and they put this music on, it's called Hemisync. And, and so you put those on and, and then they take you through a visualization where you start learning how to go out of the body. And I remember just before we were getting ready to go into the beds, I had had a house fire. I had a house fire, three business fires, boat fire, car fire. And so I went up to the lady and I said, well, do you think I've worked through the fire? Oh yeah, you're through it. So we get in our bed and pretty soon we say, if you'll please take off your headphones and put them down and slowly go out to the exit and leave the building immediately. There's a fire alarm. <laughs> so they all started laughing because they said, okay, there's your answer. You haven't worked it all the way through. And so I was able to spend the rest of that week working on my fires in my life. It was fun. I mean, you go and there is a purpose you go for and they work it with you through that week. And there are people from all over the world. So it's just fascinating to go because you meet so many different types of people. It's in Farber, Virginia, which is just south of Charlottesville, Virginia, and sort of the middle of the state, just before the Blue Ridge Mountains. If you could look back and tell your 20-year-old self, what would it be? Learn all you can. 
and, and really honor your spirituality and to find out who you really are and to love every part of you, whether it's whether you feel it's a shadow side or a good side, to love all of you. Because it's only through loving you that you can love someone else. And I hope that I have my grandson who is 41, I think now. From the time he was, oh, 12, I would say, you gotta follow your dream, sonny. You gotta follow your dream, and he did. He's a movie director, and he's just finished his first movie, and it's been hard. You know, it's been everything he's wanted to do his whole life. And he's done such a good job, and I'm so proud of him. And it, it's because he did follow his dream. Because you never know what spirit's brought you here for. And the main thing is to find out what spirit wants you to do, and what your mission is, and why you're here. I would not want this life to have been a failure. I really hope that I've been able to help people and do what I came to do. And I know that I refuse to do anything if it's God in its way. I can be very stubborn, hoping that my great-grandchild will be something similar. He already loves my stones, so we're getting there. If you could have a conversation with the divine or the source, what do you think you guys would talk about? Well, I'd probably have 10 million questions. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the main thing is to say thank you. Thank you for your help. If I hadn't had faith, I wouldn't be here today. Because, and that's what I would thank spirit for, source. Because if I hadn't had the faith in the belief system I had, I wouldn't be here. I'd be dead. And that's what it means to me. I mean, it means everything to me. It's been my whole life. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And I feel very grateful that, that I was able to learn it, use it, work with it, and help people with it. And also to love myself with it. And to find David and to love him. And know what it is to truly be able to love somebody who loves you in return. Instead of having to learn lessons. You know, you have so many lessons with the early relationships. Yeah. So it's nice to have one that you we get along so well with. So my big word would be great thank you. Jean, I want to say thank you very much for coming on to the show and sharing what you got to share. Thank you. I appreciate you having me so much. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you for spending the time to listen to the show. If you want to learn more, check out sansit.com. That's S-A-N-C-I-T dot com. Join Sansit Group on Facebook and contact us if you have any questions. Until next time, have an awesome day and rock on.